Hi, this is Sedge Thompson. Welcome to this special audio highlights podcast from West Coast Live. For more information about our shows and other guests and podcasts, wcl.org. You're listening to West Coast Live, radio's equivalent of Aida. Aida brings out elephants and horses on stage. <laughs> we bring out live pets of other kinds, including Sadie Anne Lamott's pet, accompanying the Bay Area writer, author of Joe Jones, Operating Instructions, and her new book on writing and life, Bird by Bird. Please welcome Anne Lamott. Hi. We both become overstimulated at a little applause. You and Sadie both? Me and my dog. How are you? Have you been I'm fine. My dog is incredibly clean, if you're worried. I, um, because I'm losing ground, my dog is so clean. I put her in the bathtub the other day and ran the shower on her and lathered her up with her special flea product. And it says to leave it on for three minutes. So I said to her, I'll be back, honey, in three minutes. And 35 minutes later, I remembered she was in the bathtub. And I went there, and she was standing there. It's like making Audrey Hepburn sit in the bathtub, you know, with flea shampoo on for 35 minutes. And she looked at me like, does anybody work here anymore, you know? So if she seems bitter, that's the reason. Oh, she actually seems in pretty good humor. You, you've, never, you've never forgotten Sam, your four-year-old son no. in the bath with five five no five-year-old son no, I haven't. five years five yeah five, almost five and a half sedge get with it no I um i don't know is anybody I, no. running the store here i don't know can i tell you the harold ding dong story which i've been dying to tell you for months now although yeah. it only actually just happened two weeks ago um <laughs> sam came to me right before christmas and he said um he said mom who's harold ding dong again and i said i don't know who, who is it he goes all the other mothers know. And I said, well, where do you know about Harold Ding Dong from? And he said, it's in the Bible. You know, because he goes to a little Christian kindergarten. So I said, there's a guy named Harold in the Bible, you know? And Let alone Harold Ding Dong. Harold Ding Dong, yeah, right. So, book um, of Psalms, isn't Yeah, it? book yeah. of Psalms. It's the 85th Psalm. And, uh, and so finally, it, and he got very angry with me for being so dull. And the next day, we went to his school, and I said to his teacher, who's this guy Harold Ding Dong from the Bible? And she said, I don't know. She said, Sam, where do you know this from? He said, it's in a song from the Bible you taught us. So she flipped through the songs until she found the line about the angels heralding dawn. <laughs> <laughs> so now as soon as I, then, that, then about three days later, I left Sadie in the shampoo in the bath for 35 minutes and I thought, Harold Ding Dong's here. <laughs> Mrs. Harold Ding Dong. But, uh, but Sadie looks otherwise in good health, and certainly uh, no fleas around. Uh, no, Sadie no today. fleas on that dog. Yeah. Where'd they all go? I think I got them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. They just die. I don't know. It's a miracle. That's why we're religious people. The fleas are there, then they're gone. <laughs> so uh, during the uh, holiday time, have you seen any uh, films, motion pictures? You know, I did. I saw a movie yesterday. Uh -huh. I'm still trying to get over it if I seem anxious. Um, I went and saw Little Women. Uh-huh. Now, I called a number of people. You know, I was a big Little Women fan when I was three or something. And, um, and I said to people that I trust, will I be able to enjoy this or will I become anxious? And, um, and a number of people said, I think you'll become anxious. And a number of people said, you're going to love it. Just relax. Settle into it. And I sat there for about 30 seconds. And then Winona Ryder said to her little sister, oh, you little ninny-pinny. 
And I started to get very anxious. <laughs> and I broke out in a flop sweat. And, um, I, and I sat there the first hour feeling suicidal, just thinking about going home and killing myself. And then um, the, like I thought the second hour was a little bit better. The only thing I can say for it is that there was no prefrontal nudity with Harvey Keitel. <laughs> which, <laughs> which actually for me is almost enough these days. <laughs> That and if I don't have to see Demi more naked and pregnant, I consider it a good day. So, so overall, I mean, with those two pluses, given that, I mean, it was a movie that you enjoyed going to see? <laughs> I sat there like a graven image, you know, I, and I overate in the dark, as I like to do. <laughs> I ate a lot of chocolate, my approximate body weight in chocolate, a lot of popcorn unbuttered, you uh -huh. know. I'm a girl, <laughs> and um, <laughs> Diet Coke to go with that 10 pounds of chocolate. And uh, I just sat there and stared. I kept thinking of, of uh, I just looked miserable, and everyone else was sobbing and tearing at their flesh and dabbing at their eyes. And I just sat there. I kept thinking of that Virginia Woolf line about being at a party, looking like a deaf mute, waiting for the funeral to begin. That's how I sat there. I sat there. <laughs> So uh, overall, then, a, a movie experience from which you did not come out chortling and laughing, and uh, you, you don't think you'd go back and see it again? <laughs> I'm going later today. Yeah. No, I don't think I will. It's I the chocolate. It was the it's excuse the for the chocolate, right? Our house is filled with chocolate. You know, I mean, I don't have to leave home to overeat. Um, <laughs> um, but it was only $3, so what are you going to do? Do you have a section of your book that you'd like to read? Or well, you, you know, it seems to me that right now a lot of people are... Um, are starting to write or wanting to write because it's a new year. It's like the rest of us are wanting to exercise. <laughs> and uh, we got an exercise cycle the other day, which I think is a used exercise cycle because we were, my boy and I were going to, Sam wanted one. We found a cheap used one. And um, of, cor of course, hope springs eternal. And I thought, we'll get on the exercise cycle and cycle away. And um, of course, Sam, who takes in 50 calories a day and otherwise photosynthesizes, gets on it <laughs> all the time. So he's taking in something like 100 calories and burning off 1,500 now. And um, I haven't been near the damn thing. But I think it will make a nice coat rack uh -huh. eventually when Sam tires of it. And um, so I, I think it's the same sort of thing where a lot of people, you don't start writing in mid-December, you know, and if you've wanted to write for a long time and it suddenly occurs to you that you may have something to say, you don't start December 7th. You may want to start January 1st, but what's the day? It's like the 7th or 8th, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thanks. I was going to dress up in a, in, a, in a filmy little Marilyn Monroe-like dress with my décolletage exposed and come and sing, Happy birthday, Mr. President. <laughs> But I didn't have the right dress <laughs> or the right décolletage. <laughs> and I was going to lisp just like she did, but anyway. So anyway. Oh, so are going to get some of her stamps? Oh, of course I'm going to get some of her stamps. I don't know. Are they, they self-adhesive stamps? Or are they, I don't know. I mean. God, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Who could we ask? I'll call my mother later. She'll know. Um, so anyway, there's a real basic beginning um, at the very end, this chapter in Bird by Bird called The Last Class, where I attempt to tell everybody everything that I have told them in the first 10 weeks of the class. And so I thought I'd just read a couple of pages because it's real basic stuff that you need to know. It's sort of like, you know, writing 1A. Just a couple pages. Will you leave? Sure. I'll it just go, makes I'll me so anxious when you sit and stare at me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. I'm not really well enough for that close of a contact. Okay. 
There are so many things I want to tell my students in our last class, so many things I want to remind them of. Write about your childhoods, I tell them for the umpteenth time. Write about that time in your life when you were so intensely interested in the world, when your powers of observation were at their most acute, when you felt things so deeply. Exploring and understanding your childhood will give you the ability to empathize, and that understanding and empathy will teach you to write with intelligence and insight and compassion. Becoming a writer is about becoming conscious. When you're conscious and writing from a place of insight and simplicity, and real caring about the truth, you have the ability to throw the lights on for your reader. He or she will recognize his or her life and truth in what you say, in the pictures you have painted, and this decreases the terrible sense of isolation that we've all had too much of. Try to write in a directly emotional way, instead of being too subtle or oblique. Don't be afraid of your material or of your past. Be afraid of wasting any more time obsessing about how you look and how people see you. Be afraid of not getting your writing done. If something inside you is real, we will probably find it interesting and it will probably be universal. So you must risk placing real emotion at the center of your work. Write straight into the emotional center of things. Write toward vulnerability. Don't worry about appearing sentimental. Worry about being unavailable. Worry about being absent or fraudulent. Risk being unliked. Tell the truth as you understand it. If you're a writer, you have a moral obligation to do this, and it is a revolutionary act. Truth is always subversive. And try not to feel sorry for yourselves, I always say, when you find the going hard and lonely. You seem to want to write, so write. You didn't have to sign up for this class. I didn't chase you down and drag you by the hair back to my cave. You are lucky to be one of those people who wishes to build sandcastles with words, who is willing to create a place where your imagination can wander. We build this place with a sand of memories. These castles are our memories and inventiveness made tangible. So part of us believes that when the tide starts coming in, we won't really have lost anything, because actually only a symbol of it was there in the sand. Another part of us thinks we'll figure out a way to divert the ocean. This is what separates artists from ordinary people, the belief deep in our hearts that if we build our castles well enough, somehow the ocean won't wash them away. And I think this is a wonderful kind of person to be. Um, the other two things I wanted to just offer for anybody who's trying to get started right now or who put down their work for a long time and is just picking it up and is finding it hard going and finding that their fingers are filled with arthritis and their voices, their head with voices of self-loathing um, and paranoia is this thing Doctoro said um, that writing is like driving at night with the headlights on. You can only see two or three feet in front of you, but you can make the whole journey that way, which is probably the best advice on writing or life I ever heard. And can I tell one really quick story? Um, it's from Operating Instructions, um, but I think it's really important for writing students. There's a story in there about a group of autistic people on the East Coast who um, were being helped by this Eastern Indian doctor. And this group of people working with the doctor discovered that if they strung a thick rope from one end of the room to the other, these people who were severely autistic, who would fall over otherwise, if you put their hand around the rope, they would walk across the room. 
And over the months, they made this rope smaller and smaller until pretty soon it was a piece of twine. And several months later, it was just a piece of fishing line. But if you stood the autistic person up and you put his or her hand around the piece of fishing twine, they'd walk across the room. And finally, and I thought this was a real brainstorm, they cut the fishing line into 12-inch lengths. And they'd stand someone up and hand them a 12-inch length of fishing line, and they'd still walk across the room. So I advise all my students to go buy themselves some fishing line, because you need a lot of faith, and you need something to hold on to. So. You know, I want to say that, that uh, for us this whole year, sort of going off into the void has been a lot like that, and I want to thank yeah. you for being a piece of our fishing yeah. line. So, oh, I loved thanks. it. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. And Lamont, author of Bird by Bird, an operating instructions area writer, a writer in residence. This is Edge Thompson. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Try out others from West Coast Live right here, and we look forward to having you in one of our audiences one day. For more information, wcl.org.